Have you ever awoken to find yourself listening to a tune that you haven't heard before? A melody that's blown in through the window from some place that is not this place? Something unfamiliar when you've become so used to all that is familiar around you and you get out of your too small bed and you walk through the city searching for the music but every time you almost get to it it seems to flutter away to somewhere else so you get on with your day and you work your job but the bird out the window starts chirping that same unfamiliar tune and the bird looks unfamiliar too with its aqua green feathers and royal purple breast but it flies off when you open the window And then Frank from accounting is humming that same unfamiliar tune in the lift and you wonder why and you ask him where he heard it and he doesn't know and you walk back home and there is that aqua green feather mixed in with royal purple somewhere on the street below you and you pick it up and you put it in your pocket and the next day the familiar tune is in your head and you whistle it and you notice another aqua green purple feather and they seem to be there all the time now feathers scattered around the city of your life you collect the unfamiliar feathers and you're not sure why you do as you whistle the unfamiliar tune and you're not sure what is happening to you but there is something in them that makes your heart ache something unfamiliar that is calling to you inviting you and a random phone call from a friend that you haven't heard from in so long and they're raving about some crazy place they live now and you've never heard of it and it's just this uncomfortability coming into you. You can't concentrate at work and the feathers seem to be piling up at the door now. That unfamiliar tune, it's like an earwig, just it's haunting you, haunting you and it feels like it's it's both an invitation and and a torment. Something's just not right. You are restless. Can you feel how restless you have become? The unfamiliar tune, the unfamiliar feathers, even the weather is turning and your friends are doing the same things they've always done and you can't handle it anymore. You need to leave. You need to find the source of the music. You need to leave the comfort of this city that you have always been in. Though you have no idea what you might be heading toward, you just know there must be more than this. This, friends, is the call to adventure. Welcome to The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. Friends, you are listening to Season 3 of The Deep Place Podcast. And in this season, we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, and let's go. The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Aunty Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. 
Here we are, here we are, session two of our Deep Place podcast for season three. Um, all of these, po- this this whole season of this podcast actually is, is part of a module uh, in the School for Creative Development. So I've had heaps of people who have been asking me, how did, Joel, how do I take all the stuff you talk about on the Deep Place podcast and actually bring it together, um, bring it to, like transpose it into my own creative practice and my creative career and the things that I'm doing well? Well, the School for Creative Development is one of those places that you can do that. It's it's my own thing. It's my own school that I have made that takes um, season three of the Deep Place podcast, but also um, the three other online units uh, that I have made that I've been teaching over the last few years all come together to be the School for Creative Development. So if you wanted to, if it's a, like a subscription model, a membership model, um, I'd just love to have you on board if you were interested, come and check it out. Go to schoolforcreativedevelopment.com or joelmckerra.com and there you can have a look at what it what it kind of entails and what it means. But it would be, it's kind of the perfect alongsider to, uh, to listen to season three of this podcast would be to join the School for Creative Development. Uh, so go and have a look at that. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode two of the Deep Place podcast for season three. Uh, and we are talking adventure time. <laughs> We're talking adventure time. We're talking the invitation and the call to adventure and how we sit at home in the shallows that we have called home as we spoke about last podcast episode. Uh, And in that place, we begin to hear the unfamiliar tune. We begin to get this restless feeling inside us, this invitation. Do you do you feel it? Which, gosh, it sounds pretty uh, when, when we phrase it as the call to adventure. Oh man, that sounds romantic and wonderful. And like if we if we just stood, if we walked out our front door and embraced the adventure, then gosh, mm, I'm picturing all these like all the movies, uh, the Goonies and these movies of treasure-seeking, adventurous uh, things from my childhood. I'm I'm picturing all these Hollywood. Uh, version of adventure Um, uh, perhaps perhaps actually the call to adventure is not the right phrase for this because for many of us uh, the call to adventure and what that adventure and I'm doing little bunny ears little quotation marks what that adventure (laughs) looks like uh, often doesn't really feel very good when we're in the midst of it Um, and doesn't feel very good even in the calling of it like um, the the unfamiliar tune and um, these moments of uh, of this beautiful bird flying around that I phrased in that that first session there yes it can be those things um, but you know it's also uh can be incredibly hard times that thrust us into adventure but what whatever it is um there is there is something that comes up in us that is a deep yearning that calls us forward 
would your yearning say if you let it speak? What would that thing inside you say to you? What is it calling you to? Perhaps it would say there must be more than this. Or perhaps it would say... (laughs) That was like the best timing for a reminder uh, that just came into my computer. I'm totally going to leave this in because that was just like perfect. Perhaps it might say... (laughs) <laughs> I loved that. Sometimes it comes as a random melody coming out of <laughs> out of your computer. Sometimes the invitation might come as an itch, an ache. Sometimes as a frustration or a torment, a haunting. Sometimes an anger. Sometimes unspeakable joy. Sometimes it's a a mystical moment or sometimes a truth. Sometimes it's a question. Sometimes it's a crumbling of truth. Sometimes it's an opening. Sometimes it's a grave. Sometimes a rebirth. Sometimes it comes as pain and brokenness. However it comes, it comes regardless to each and every one of us. An invitation comes and beckons us forward if we choose to listen to it. And I'm not just talking like uh, life in general, but even think about this in regards to um, the creative, to just the everyday creative projects that you uh, you're like wondering, what do I do next? What do I do next? And then um, there will be these these things that stir your curiosity, the the questions that come up in your own life, the things that you see in the world. Um, what I would say is whatever evokes something in you, um, perhaps that is your call forward to leave to to kind of begin the journey of the next creative project that you ask, that you have been wondering about what you're going to do, and then this you you kind of have this feeling coming up in you, and something else in your life speaks to you about that feeling, and another thing comes in um, that connects to it as well. This is what we'll talk in a little bit about synchronicity, what synchronicity might look like um, in regard to this but whether it's kind of this this deeper um, calling this deeper invitation into uh, a more holistic integrated creative life or whether it's on the in, in a smaller way uh, the the small invitations into our different creative projects that we end up doing uh, I think when we can tune our ears, into listening for the calling. We can tune our ears into listening for the calling of even the small things. The calling, uh, I think, begins in both an inside place, in our insides, and it begins outside us, inside and outside. And we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, but it really, it is the, it's the call to adventure to leave the familiar and step out into the unknown that as we sit in our worlds that we know so well things begin to happen around us that call us into something more the call to adventure 
that's what the uh, Joseph Campbell in the hero's journey kind of names this this thing when we're at home when we are in the known world that all stories begin in the known world when we're at home uh, and then there is something that uh, that calls us forward interestingly in the the critique of the hero's journey by gail carragher um, this beautiful book called the heroine's journey um, she actually says that that the masculine's hero's journey is is often ventured into voluntarily that a choice is made by a, a masculine protagonist to go on the hero's journey her her critique of the um, the hero's journey is um, basically which is a really valid critique and many people have made the critique before that um, the hero's journey or what we call the hero's journey um, is a, a framework uh, through um, through the perspective of Joseph Campbell, um, who was a an old white man looking at at um, cultures and mythology and theories through and kind of bringing theories and framework around those things, um, and so um, actually what we need to come to as well is to look at the mythology and the stories uh, throughout history from not just old white men perspective, <laughs> um, and so things like the heroine's journey, which is a wonderful book, is a is a critique of um, many of those uh, I don't know if you call them tropes or whatever we might find within the hero's journey to say actually let's look at it a different way let's look at it through the feminine lens through the hero heroine's journey um, and what can we learn from that about um, narrative and about story yes and where we're looking at the moment about our creative lives and the creative journey that we're going on um, and and it is so important just in general before I say this about the heroine's journey how important is it to look at our creative journey through the perspective of people who aren't within our cultural fishbowl um, so very important for us to look at our creative practice and our creative journey through the eyes of our other people to connect to other people we'll be talking about that in future weeks um, but for now to say um, what what Gail Carrier goes into she says um, that the hero in the hero's journey enters into or hears the call to adventure which as I said before can sound really romantic and romanticized doesn't it but and we often know that um, it, it can feel that way at the beginning, like this this call to adventure can feel like this romantic offering, this invitation, this something wonderful is happening, or actually it, it cannot be. And this is what um, Gail Carragher picks up with the heroine's journey. She says that um, if the masculine's hero journey is entered into voluntarily, that a choice is made in the heroine's journey, it is often an, an involuntary entering into the journey of of descent and uh, conflict and uh, coming to all, all the things we know about where story takes us to, that changes the character the main protagonist etc etc um, that the journey this journey is forced upon the heroine she says that this this precipitating launch device is usually a broken familial network when a lover, a friend, or a family member is taken or killed. The heroine's descent as a result then moves her away from civilization and safety and her seat of power towards solitary, unacceptable risk. 
the more isolated she becomes, the weaker she she then is. Or unlike the hero, the heroine rarely descends into violence or extreme action when things don't go her way or when faced with insurmountable odds. She's she's more a tragic figure, more likely to go mad with discontent and isolation. But in the midst of that, as she loses her civilization, as she moves from civilization, she brings a civilizing force, a, a empathetic force on the journey that she goes on. I love this book, The Heroine's Journey, Gail Carragher, and it's really important to read it. And I love, I bring it up now at the start of our um, call to adventure because I know that there is people who are listening to this who the call to adventure, to move away from what has been in their life in general, and to pursue what is better it one it often is a journey of descent and we're going to get into that in the future weeks but two um the the heroine journey it is forced upon some people it's not just a choice of i don't like my life now and i want to go searching for something better but i know that there'd be many people listening to this episode uh who would say that in the times in their life when they have gone on a journey it's because it's been forced upon them often as gail says through loss through the loss of loved ones of family through people that have been taken away um through the loss of uh one's own sense of purpose in their life Sometimes the loss that comes from stepping into, uh, into mothering, for you who are mothers who listen to this, there is a journey that is forced upon a woman who, of course, of course she, uh, there is the choice to become a mother um, and the want to do that, but the, the journey that happens then um, from what I've seen, again, I totally recognize I am uh, a male speaking into this little moment now. And so um, I recognize my own bias in that. From what I've seen, the journey of my, um, my partner and, and the friends that I've seen go on this journey. Yes, there is the choice of becoming a mother and the joy of having a newborn. But then there is the... Um, the involuntary loss of what that means for the person and i would say as a father as well like um uh, and in a very different way um that there is a there is much that you give up to enter into parenting and of course again there's so much to be gained but um, I think it's we don't name enough that um, some of these realities of our life, like parenting, like becoming a mother or a father, um, it, it is both joyful and it costs us. The two, we can hold two opposite things within our hands. Um, parenting, I think, is is 
very much that, that there is a cost and it is wonderful and both of these things are true. And of course, here I want to acknowledge as well the loss of those who can't have children, um, the loss of those who their dream was to have children and they can't, uh, and the huge loss that is, or the uh, for some people the, the the dream of having a partner and um, and that didn't happen. The um, there's so many things that um, invite us into. I mean, as I said, we've been using the call to adventure, but perhaps it is the call to descent. Because uh, the call to adventure, what that adventure becomes is um, is hard. And I think um, perhaps the call to adventure, one of the one of the main ways that the this calling happens to move us on in life actually is the betrayal of our expectations. The, when our expectations are betrayed, um, when we thought life was meant to look like this, our creative, our creativity was going to look like this. We had so many passions. We had so many things that we were going to do. And, and those times when it felt amazing and it was like, yes, I could run with this. I could run with this. And then those expectations are betrayed. They're, they are let down. It's so often in the letdown, in the betrayal of our expectations of what creativity life or just life was meant to look like, um, that we, I think, are faced with or that in that moment, that betrayal, in some way, that betrayal is the whistling of an unfamiliar tune. Or maybe not the betrayal, but it's it's the it's our acknowledgement of that betrayal. Like often we we run from that. We run from that sense of um, of what our lives were meant to look like, and now we've been stuck in this place in the shallows for so long, for so long, for so long. Um, and it's it's when we turn and face this thing and say, ah. Oh, in terms of our spirituality, God, you, you, I thought my life was meant to look like this, God, and it looks the opposite. This tragedy has happened and that has happened and that has happened. Um, and so often, I, I think, so often in those moments, especially for those of you who do believe in God, um, I think then what we often do is we blame God. Like we, our expectations are betrayed and and in that we blame God for that instead of, Blaming our expectations instead of recognizing that that we were the ones who put this ideal uh, and what that might look like up on a pedestal and said, this is what it's going to be. And so often it's not. In, in life, in creativity, in, in the small creative projects that we do, they so often will not turn out the way that we thought they would, the way we wanted them to, the way that we put out everything into it. And then we put it out there in the world and there was one like, and someone said that was nice. And we're like, oh, I put everything... Um, um, why, 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 why our, our expectations are betrayed from all of these things. The call to adventure is as much about the betrayal of our expectations as it is about the beautiful, unfamiliar tune. And the two, again, two opposing things that that we can hold together and say both both of these, you feel the betrayal of expectations 
But at the same time, in the betrayal of expectations, could you begin to say, well, then there must be more than this? Could that unfamiliar tune begin to... um, begin to sing to your deep place inside and call out of you a desire to step out of this world that you have known to step out of one of the ways that we so often fall into the betrayal of our expectations where that takes us so often is to to being a victim that, that victimhood becomes our identity because this has happened and that's happened and that person did that and this person did that and life was going to be like that and God was meant to do that and that and we end up becoming victims and um, I, for some people that totally becomes their identity and so when you start, when, when, when I think when we start as victims to hear the calling for something more, well, it may not sound like the nicest unfamiliar tune because what's become nice and safe for us is this prison of our victimhood. But then there is this offering and this invitation that says, come out of the darkness, come out of your dark prison and into the light. But we know the light is so blinding when we're sitting in the dark. And so we fear that. We fear that invitation of the crack of light through the the prison cell window, whatever it might be. Um, And what we don't recognize is actually sitting next to us in that prison cell lies the key to the door that we so wish we could escape from this prison. But we have the capacity to do so it's in the key is sitting next to us in that prison cell we just got to pick it up and use it and so often it's not that we can't get out of our victim prisons actually it's it's that it's too that the light looks too bright out there and I've become so comfortable and so used to my inside prison if if for many of us I think if we went out into the light we'd be like that those those um those sad experiments on those dogs when they were shut up in small spaces and all they had was to go round and round and round and round in circles in their small little space and then they let out into an open field and all they do is go round and round and round and round and round into this in their small space because that is all that they know and they've been conditioned into. We, friends, have been conditioned into smallness by so much of our stuff that has happened to us in our lives, but by the ways that we have protected ourselves. Can you hear, can you see the light that is dawning, the light, the morning that is coming? And yes, it is fearful, but it is an invitation. It is an invitation for you to step out of what you have known, the, the victimhood, the smallness, the walls that have been so high around you in regards to your life or in regards to your creative capacity, your creative journey, um, whatever that might look like, could you listen? Would you be brave enough to listen to that unfamiliar tune and step out? Um, whether it is whatever kind of loss it might be, I think there is the there is the beautiful invitation into the journeys of life that we go on. And, uh, and there's also the involuntary forced into a journey where you don't choose to leave home. You are kicked out of the comfort of home into a lonely world. 
uh, and I recognize the call to adventure comes in many different ways for us. And what I want you to know in that is that always the call to adventure, however it might come, is, is an invitation to move forward. And as with any invitation, it really is up to us whether we take hold of the invitation, whether we, whether we RSVP to that, to that invitation uh, and say, yes, I am in, I'm going to come to this party uh, that doesn't really look like much of a party oftentimes. Um, the movement forward is beautiful and it is bloody hard always we we walk out the front door we begin the journey into the hardness of self-growth of creative growth of moving forward of becoming of of living out that intentional holistic creative life and what that is going to look like we do that because we know that home can no longer hold what it once did we move forward because the old way crumbles under the weight of the new. We move forward because the hands that once held us can do so no longer. We move forward because we know what silence lies waiting should we remain. And the point is we move forward. Change comes to find us. Change comes to find us in our life. We get hints of what could be, a whisper of something beyond our small stories. Sometimes it's a sneaking suspicion that all is not as it should be. Sometimes it's a storm and a flash of lightning, a thunder, which shakes the very foundation. Um, it's Sometimes it's an awakening. Either way, it comes as a disruption, an invitation, a scent on the wind, or as in narrative theory, we would call it a, an inciting incident. The, this is what these, these confrontational, these revelatory experiences um, that kind of kick a protagonist into the story that they are going to, the journey that they're going to go out into are the inciting incidents. Or as my, um, <laughs> my we talk through like all this kind of stuff with, with my kids as they're learning story. Of course, I'm obsessed with story. And so uh, my son, who's in what year three now, I think it was like year one when his, his teacher was reading them a book and and came to this moment, like a kid's book, came to this moment um, of the inciting incident and something happened. And in their school, they call it the uh-oh moment. Uh-oh, something has happened. Uh-oh. And she's like, who who knows what this is? And, and Aiden, my little year one, puts up his hand and he's like, uh, it's the inciting incident, <laughs> which, you know, I'm sure affirmed his love that people might think he's a, he's a genius, <laughs> but I just found it totally hilarious that um, what the school calls uh-oh, uh, the uh-oh moments, Aiden, Aiden kind of already knew this technical term for. Uh, anyway, <laughs> maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just one of those parents who likes to think my son is smart when, when really he's, he's just repeating what I said. Um, narrative theory, inciting incidents, the uh-oh moment, the things that, these are the things that move the story forward. Um, and they are as real in life as they are in novels. Sometimes it might be a, um, a new learning, something new that you learn that resonates with you really deeply. 
And in the face of that, the old teachings that you thought that you held on to just seem shallow now because of this new learning about life, about God, about creativity, whatever it might be, uh, the invitation might come that way. The inciting incident could be a new learning, could be um, could be an experience of, uh, could be a spiritual experience, like an experience of transcendent, of, of, of God, that of something sacred that feels as though you have walked into heaven itself like and then you go out and you try to explain it to someone and even your closest friends your closest family are like god i don't know what you're talking about you're a freak um sometimes it could be a, a book that perhaps like me you grew up in a conservative kind of community and and there were certain things that we were told to steer away from and you nervously opened this book about whatever it might be for the first time and you read it and it was like scales coming off your eyes it was like you were blind but now you can see like you finally understand something about who you are uh, and what that might mean. Um, perhaps it's a, a, a writer who's, uh, who speaks of something you've never heard of before and something comes up or a, the passionate fire that you feel inside, but you don't see in the lives of others, the, the others that are around you in your place of home. Um, perhaps it's the, the university lecturer who challenges what you were taught. Um, perhaps it's when your life doesn't go the way that you were told it would, it would, the death of a loved one, things that we talked about before. Perhaps it's a, a partner who's been raised around a different uh, table than you were. Perhaps you grew up in a tradition, a, a faith tradition that now uh, looks more like a political party that you disagree with. Um, perhaps it's the contradictions, the disagreements in the community you've been a part of, uh, the contradictions in yourself. So perhaps it's the feeling of not fitting in. Sometimes it's an illness, it's suffering and sorrow. Sometimes it's sexuality. Sometimes it's just nothing more than an absolute frustration of the, at the state of the world. The inciting incident may feel glorious. It might be wonderful. It might be an absolute frustration at the state of your own heart. It can be both glorious and it can be a nightmare. The calling out of our safe places can be beautiful and they can be really, really hard. Um, either way, they are once again calling us forward. Just a few quick words from our sponsors. You know, I find myself often trying to work out what does it look like for me who grew up within Christianity, within that conservative evangelical tradition, and now still trying to hold on to um, to the, the good things within that and work my way forward and leave a lot of stuff behind. How the heck do I do that? Well, one of the people who speaks into this in such beautiful ways is Liz Mullaney with The Practice Co. Um, like literally these guys do daily kind of devotionals, reflections, meditations for you uh, that will help you on exactly that journey. So if that's you trying to walk that line, get it, go to thepracticeco.com and get a hold of their stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I love it when I find an institution, an educational institution that is willing uh, not only to, to like teach the stuff that I'm on about, but actually brings me in to do the teaching. Um, I teach creativity and spirituality for ACOM, the Australian College of Ministry. They're one of the amazing sponsors of this podcast, uh, a Christian-based online university. So if you're from that Christian faith tradition and you want to engage and continue or listen to me a lot <laughs> in the creativity and spirituality unit from there, um, which is like 20 weeks long, then you can check out acom.edu.au and have a look at their spirituality units. And from there, shoot them an email and say that you're interested. you for a moment to be um, to take just a little bit of time a bit of a pause if you can do some self-reflection to make this uh, not just something you listen to but something that you can um, that practically comes into your life um, would be I'd, I'd love you to sit there for a moment and, and I want you to think what is what is the calling that you're beginning to hear if you listen to your life what is the calling that you're beginning to hear? What is your life beginning to tell you? Listening is relearning how to listen, um, to not listen to maybe the half-truths you've been telling yourself, to choose to listen beyond the coping mechanisms that you've used so far. Um, what, is your, what is your life telling you? Um, listen to the questions that are bubbling up within you and, and allow those questions to become curiosities, like pursue those questions and hear the invitation through them, through the events of your life, and then translate these into your creative practice. Like the, the questions and curiosities and bubblings and the, the listenings and the unfamiliar tunes, this, friends, really is where what you should be creating out of. If, if, you, if your creative projects come out of this stuff, this, this, this calling to adventure, your creative projects are going to have a whole lot more authentic life to them because they're coming out of the, the present, the now for you, what you're wrestling with and struggling, struggling with. Um, as you do, so what I'd love you to do to, to do that pause is to have a think about your life and listen to it now. What's the, the current inciting incidences in your creative life? What's the current inciting incidences in, in your life in general? Like if you listen to your life right now, if you slow down and stop and listen, what would you hear? What is the yearning inside you saying? And what is the, what is the invitation for you? So, so name what those inciting incidences are. What have you begun to notice and see? And what are the questions bubbling up inside you? And the curiosities and that, that ache, that itch, that feeling... What is that coming up in you? And what is that inviting you into? What is that inviting you into? So name the events, the things of your life that are happening that you might call an inciting incident. The, the invitation. And name 
the things coming up in you that you might call an inciting incident, a, a, the, the ache, the feeling, and then name what this might be calling you into. Again, you can totally just bluff that off and not do that at all, of course. Um, <laughs> but I wonder if you're just going to get a whole lot less out of this podcast if you did that. I wonder if there's some real beautiful time for you to grow here to begin to name some of these uh, inciting incidents. The events that set everything in motion, the uh, wizard draws a mark on the round floor, on the round door, sorry, of a hobbit's home. A a light smashes on the ground at the feet of Truman. Uh, The rabbit runs past Alice. Uh, Neo takes the red pill. Hagrid arrives on a stormy island after Harry's letters have been intercepted. Um, Katniss's sister is chosen during the reaping. Charlie finds the golden ticket. Um, These are the inciting incidents in in stories, but... um, when we are in these, this moment in our life when we have been stuck for too long or this moment in our creative journey when we've been stuck for too long, my, my, my urging for you is this. Look for the inciting incidents. Look and, and pay attention to the moments of dissatisfaction, to the seemingly... Um, the seemingly random coincidences that are calling you forward. And and I call them seemingly random because I think what's actually happening when we choose to pay attention, what we will recognize is that around this, this call to adventure is actually lots of moments of synchronicity. Synchronicity uh, is something that is really important for our creative lives, for our creative practice, for our life in general. Um, the definition of synchronicity is the occurrence of meaningful coincidences that seem to have no cause. The occurrence of meaningful coincidences that seem to have no cause. The 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 what did I call them aqua green and royal purple feathers that you seem to find all over the place the the this idea that that then gets echoed in your world pay attention to the patterns the synchronistic patterns that are happening around you because I think they are um well, I mean, whether you want to say that there is something behind those things, that they're not coincidence, that they might be fate or divine timed, um, that, that God is maneuvering things in your life or that destiny is maneuvering things in your life. Whether you, want, whether you want to say that there's something behind them or whether you just want to say, actually, they're just random random things, coincidences. Um, either way, what they're showing you is they're showing you what is important to you and they're showing you what is important to your, um, to your insides, to your unconscious that is beginning to come out into your conscious way of viewing this. This world, that you will begin to see these patterns. So I think of um, oh, the other day, um, just a little, a little seemingly um, co- seeming coincidence that has got me thinking. 
I was listening to um, Nightbird. Nightbird, oh my goodness. If you don't know the story of Nightbird, you just have to, you have to know the story of Nightbird. You can start by just looking up Nightbird, um, America's Got Talent. Um, she was that the, the singer who uh, came out and sang this, this beautiful uh, this beautiful song of hers on America's Got Talent and got the golden buzzer or whatever it's called um, and just shared some of her story about having cancer. And it was, a I mean, I can't, I can't watch it without weeping. Um, it's very, it's one of those clips uh, that is very, if you haven't watched it, look up Nightbird um, and, and watch it and then look up Nightbird blog. Uh, night but the bird has an e on the end of it um look up nightbird blog and you will come across some of the most beautiful there's only like five um things in there but it's some of the most beautiful heart-wrenching writing in fact i'm gonna I'm, i think i'm just gonna dedicate a whole um episode in this series uh to her journey because uh, and the expression of her journey found in her blog because it is amazing. So she sings this, um, she gets up on America's Got Talent and sings her song. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay if you're lost. We're all a little lost and it's all right. And, um, and it breaks me every time listening to that song. So I've, I've had that song, uh, on, I really have had that song on repeat in my head for the last uh, few months because she passed away. Uh, a few months ago uh, and so then the other night I'm I'm sitting there and um, I was reading this beautiful book which is a, a graphic novel uh, from a guy named Tim Probert it's called Lightfall um, the girl and the Galdurian oh you gotta it's so lovely anyone who's an artist um, just any you have to read this book Lightfall uh, it is stunning like some of I I gasped at the beauty of some of the pages and it brought me into tears and it especially uh, brought me into tears um, when the Galdurian, the main character, uh, one of the main characters turns to the other main character and says, we're all a little lost, aren't we? And that seeming coincidence of just that exact same line, which you might have heard other places and, and probably it's doing nothing for you synchronistically, uh, but for me, um, the, the the bringing together of these two random things, something stirred so deeply in me as I read it. I immediately burst into tears, um, and and that sense of um, all the ways that I have felt lost uh, over the last few years um, within my creative practice sometimes and. Uh, in my life through the lockdowns that we had here in Melbourne and uh, all these, all, all the times that I woke up feeling lost, which we'll talk about that feeling of being lost in, uh, in another, oh, in another uh, podcast. But I, I read that and I just broke down weeping at the thought of it's okay to feel lost. It is okay to to be lost. We're all a little lost, aren't we? And that is okay. And I have written uh, 
before the lockdown, but have had, was working hard on it throughout the lockdown. It was a uh, a book about a girl who always gets lost, and and I'm gonna I'll share some of that book with you um, in the um, when in the episode that's about those times that we get lost. But um, the this bringing together of these seemingly um, uh, coincidental moments of reflecting on being lost. In that moment, uh, the other night, as I read these words, as, as the words of my book from years of writing it, it's a YA fiction book, and then the words of Nightbird coming together, it was like these feathers, finding these feathers and that deep thing stirred in me. And that's, that is what I need to create out of now, That because that was this synchronistic moment. Um, this beautiful moment where these random things are coming together to tell me what matters. What matters to me is that it's okay to be lost. We are all a little lost and it's okay. That's what matters to me right now. Um, For you who are hearing this and feeling lost, may you know that it is okay. Um, these the synchronistic moments of our life are telling us something. It's stirring something up in us. And so observing these, observing yourself, listening to how your life is shaping meaning, the things your life is shaping meaning out of the synchronicity, the synchronicity, I can't even say the word, synchronicity, um, synchronicity, synchronicity, uh, like my friend, um, talking about feathers, my friend Anna McGann, who wrote a book, um, Metanoia, which is a stunning book and you must read it. She is a beautiful, beautiful writer. Um, in fact, let me read just a little bit of it for you now. I'll just read a slightly abridged uh, version of, of one of the stories she shares within it. In some of my darkest seasons, God has found his way to me through birds. I've always felt an odd affinity with them. I'm a parrot after all. When I first read about God's provision and care for birds, I understood him better. He cares for their needs. He cares for me. When people prayed over me, God often gave them visions of birds or or wings to explain how he saw me. A few years ago, I wrote a short story for a friend about a girl weakened by the chaos of her own life. One stumbling night on the street, someone hands the girl a feather. When she wakes up in the morning, she finds it in her pocket but doesn't remember how it came to be there. She throws it away, but from that day on, strange things start to happen. She finds feathers everywhere. In her clothes, in her hair, on the floor, she finds a nest of sticks in her bed. She finds flowers and seeds in her fridge. She's confused and angry, but she's changing. Somehow the flowers taste better than the cigarettes. The leaves and sticks of her nest feel softer than the strange beds. One night, impossibly uncomfortable, she leaves her apartment and crawls into a tree in the garden to sleep. Without realising it, she has been slowly transformed. The old cannot stay, the new must come. The next day she wanders the streets barefoot and smiling and presses a feather into someone else's hand. It was just a story. They're all just stories at first. I'm not sure what it was that brought my attention to it originally. I think it was the fact that the feather was so out of place. It was on the floor between Alex's bathroom and the bedroom. It had no reason to be there. I was still reeling from the fact I had stayed the night in his bed. I remember staring at it and hearing that small voice reverberating around my ribcage. This is for you. I crouched to pick it up. There was a line of feathers, white, pale brown and dark brown. I collected them all and hid them before anyone else in the house could ask what I was doing. It was just a coincidence. Surely. 
The feathers by this stage had started to arrive in earnest. A day or two after the trail on the bedroom floor, I took myself to the Dandenong Ranges to sweat out my restlessness. As I ascended the first stretch of path, I looked to my right and stopped. A pure white feather sat amidst the dust and green. Despite being in rainforest, the feather didn't quite make sense. It was fresh, almost fluffy. Uh, You're imagining it. I kept walking, but something had snagged. The fish hook tucked in my chest. A quieter part of my heart cried out. If it's you, please just give me one more. I knew it was foolish to even ask. If God were presenting them, he would not respond to such faithless call for miracles. But within three more steps, there it was, a second feather bright, white, caught against a branch. I stared in awe and blurted out almost involuntarily, could you do it again? (laughs) In a few steps, there was another, and then another. I stood under the canopy, glowing for the first time in weeks. It wasn't as though the season suddenly changed, because it didn't. The hurt of my compromise had me cornered, and I knew the direction my lack of resolve was headed in. But I also knew that he knew, that I knew that he cared. From that day on, the feathers began to fall like rain. I found them everywhere and always when I felt the furthest from God. I would lock myself in a bathroom in anxiety and find one on the bath mat. I would walk off set after a difficult scene on a television job and find them littered all along the path. I found feathers after making compromised choices. I found feathers in bars when I was feeling lonely. I found feathers on the beach when I felt so out of my comfort zone I could hardly speak. I would stub my toe and as I bent to pray over the pain, find one at my feet. I found feathers in joyful times when out celebrating with friends and in an apartment in the city in my pocket on the beach. I found a soft white feather without a single mark in the mud trails of western England whilst in deep beautiful conversation on a television shoot when I was particularly distressed I found a brightly coloured feather on the ground outside our trailers I was so overjoyed I turned to the makeup artist beside me grinning like an idiot look she stared at it bemused God gives me feathers Isn't that glorious? Anna, I love you. This is beautiful, beautiful. I particularly loved this line. Something had snagged the fish hook tucked in my chest and a quieter part of my heart cried out. This is what we're talking about, the synchronicity of feathers and it may not be feathers for you and it may not be physical things but I I hope you get what I'm kind of talking about here Um, that there is these seemingly coincidental things in our life Um, that when we listen to our life part of listening to the call to adventure to the to to the call to move out from the place that we have been in is paying attention to the patterns, to the synchronistic things that move our heart so deeply, that tug on the fish hook, that speak into that quieter place, these synchronistic moments that stir something within us. Um, If you choose to listen to these synchronistic moments, magic will happen. And I would say at a, at a creativity level, magic will happen both for the audience and for you. As in um, when you're engaging in a creative project and your audience, um, when you can, if you can begin to tap into synchronicity in your writing, in your painting, in your, in your photography, whatever you might be doing, if you can use patterns and explore them in your work and, and, and use patterns of, of things that, 
that connect, but you don't have to name that they connect. Uh, as in, remember one of the major things we always talk about within creativity is don't tell me, just show me. Don't tell, show. Um, don't don't seek to explain the connection of the feathers. Just in your work, have a think. What are the feathers that are scattered throughout this? The, the things that connect, that, that people may be able to pick up on. Um, this is one of those things of being able to look at, to, to take the, uh, the, the deep stuff that you are going into in your life. The, the, tapping into the deep is tapping into the synchronicity uh, to these things that are stirring in you. And then being able to communicate them, not sticking down in deep land. I remember that first episode talking about how people, we so often try to communicate the deep things, but we're using deep language to talk about it and people are like, yeah, yeah. Um, when we try to, we over communicate, we over speak things, we over um, so much in our creation Creativity, um, we overstate things. This is about putting things out there, breadcrumb trails within our creative work and allowing people to make their own connections. We're obsessed with making meaning out of haphazard events of life. We do this all the time. And so we do this with the creativity that we like as an audience person. If we see something and then we see something else that's different, but then we make a connection in our brain between those things. When we make connections, our brains love it. We're like flooded with all those good hormones endorphins, um, emotions, this sense of pride, this sense of almost transcendence. Um, like if someone tells you how two things go together, you're like, uh, yeah, okay, I can see that. But if you work it out yourself, that this connects to this, connects to this, and, and there's this meaning that comes out of this connection, boom, there's this like explosion in your brain. So at a purely connecting to your audience level, um, synchronicity is really important as well to lay the grounds of synchronicity. Look for the synchronistic patterns that are that that might emerge in the creative process Project that you are doing and tap into them. Don't overstate them, but tap into them. And in doing so, when this, when this, this, when when your audience makes the connection for themselves, boom! They're going to be so invested into this creative project of yours. They're going to be moved and stirred by it. It's simply, simply at a neurological uh, level, the way that our brains work, how we connect random things together, and the explosion of good things that happens out of that. Um, just at that level synchronicity is important but also at that deeper at that deeper level so not just connecting to the audience but go back down into the deepness. That's at the surface, how we communicate it. Back down into the deepness. Um, look for what I'm saying. All this is about is look for those synchronistic patterns that are emerging in your life. Look for those synchronistic patterns that are emerging into your creative practice and bring these together. When you listen and find those synchronistic patterns, create out of them. And as you create out of them in your in your creative practice, you are you are you will be bringing together your deep place with your creative practice, the things that are most important to you, seen in the way that your brain makes seemingly random things connect in beautiful, amazing ways. Um, I hope that really helps you to, to bring it down to a real practical level that we have covered heaps. Oh my goodness. We've covered heaps in this, um, in this listening, in this call to adventure, uh, in the way that we have been 
and what might be calling us forward. And it all comes down to listening, listening, listening for the unfamiliar tune outside, listening for the unfamiliar tune inside, listening, looking for the seemingly coincidental patterns and tapping into those listening to the questions that are bubbling up within your life this is the invitation this is the call to adventure paying attention to what is happening that is calling you forward be it in a beautiful, synchronistic way. Be it in a involuntarily forced out of the nest. Be it in an invitation out of your dark prison and into the light. In all of these ways, we are being called forward in our lives, in our spirituality, in our relationships, in our creative practice, in our small creative projects. All of these things come together. There is this invitation. May you have the ears to listen. May you have the eyes to see. And may you, to do what I'd said before, to get out a pen and paper and sit there and think, what are the inciting incidences that are calling me forward in my creative practice and in my life? And what are the things, bubble, curiosities and questions bubbling up inside me? And what are the, um, what are the synchronistic patterns, the things that I am noticing and what are they stirring in me? If you can write a bunch of this stuff down, I promise you your creative practice and your, um, your, who you are in your life is going to grow because you're going to be able to name what that invitation is that's calling you forward and begin to walk into that and next episode we'll be talking about then crossing the threshold stepping out and doing it and so this is the invitation this is the call to adventure friends it's been a wonderful wonderful chance to share this with you and I hope that it's stirred something in you and help is helping you um on your in your creative practice on the creative journey that you are on um i'm i'm loving doing this um doing this series and i hope that it's stirring good things in you please do jump on to um to apple podcasts and and put in a, a rating or a view and all that kind of stuff um we do also have a patreon a, a deep place patreon um that you can support to um which you can get connected to through the deep place com friends i'm loving doing this and i hope you're getting a lot out of it until next time